In the next seven minutes or so, we'll look back at a week that saw Liz Truss exit and Rishi Sunak arrive as the prime ministerial merry-go-round kicks on spinning. Leaky Sue hit the headlines. There's more threatening talk from Vladimir Putin and Taylor Swift breaking records with her new album, Midnights. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. And don't forget to hit the follow button to get your daily updates at 7am. Another week, another Prime Minister. Just 50 days after she took office, Liz Truss left Downing Street, making her the shortest-serving PM in British history. She made no apologies for her disastrous mini-budget in her farewell address, but wished her successor well, despite I predict a riot being played by protesters near the Downing Street gates. It has been a huge honour to be Prime Minister of this great country. Our country continues to battle through a storm, but I believe in Britain, and I know that brighter days lie Ahead. Just hours later, Rishi Sunak moved in and warned of difficult decisions ahead in his first speech as Prime Minister. His old boss, Boris Johnson, eventually sent congratulations, urging the Conservative Party to unite, while Sunak muttered about a profound economic crisis. I want to pay tribute to my predecessor, Liz Truss. She was not wrong to want to improve growth in this country, but some mistakes were made. And I have been elected as leader of my party and your Prime Minister, in part, to fix them. There was a warm international welcome for Britain's fifth Prime Minister in just over six years, the third in seven weeks, and the first Hindu to move into number 10. President Volodymyr Zelensky hopes Rishi Sunak will overcome all the challenges facing British society and the world as a whole. And President Joe Biden hailed a groundbreaking win for the new PM, although I think he might have got the wrong bloke. Just today, we've got news that Rashi Sunak is now the Prime Minister. As my brother would say, go figure. Sunak quickly got to work picking his cabinet with various comings and goings, luckily not that comings. Jeremy Hunt continues as Chancellor and Grant Shapps becomes Business Secretary, replacing Jacob Rees-Mogg, who was the first to jump. I believe his behaviour towards Boris Johnson, his disloyalty, means that I could not possibly support him and he wouldn't want me in his cabinet anyway. Kim Malthouse and Simon Clark quit as well, whilst Dominic Raab got his old jobs back as Deputy Prime Minister and Justice Secretary. Michael Gove, Oliver of a Dowden and, Lord help us, Gavin Williamson are back in the Cabinet as well. The most controversial appointment turned out to be the reappointment of Suella Braverman as Home Secretary just six days after she was fired. It led to many headlines and a sharp focus on Leaky Sue. Labour's Shadow Work and Pension Secretary Jonathan Ashworth said Sunak was weak and had appointed the same old faces. I've just learned that Rishi Sunak has reappointed as Home Secretary Suella Braverman. She was forced to resign. She was sacked last week and the fact that Rishi Sunak has brought her back tonight shows a monumental lack of judgment on behalf of Rishi Sunak. It's all change at number 10. Well, not really, as most of the cabinet looks depressingly familiar. But there's certainly been a change when it comes to the dreaded Halloween fiscal statement. It's now no longer on Halloween. It's not even a fiscal statement, which probably makes sense. And with new Chancellor Jeremy Hunton, old Chancellor turned PM Rishi Sunak in charge, they've decided to take a bit longer to make sure the sums actually add up this time. Are you listening, Quasi? Prime Minister and I have decided that it is prudent to make that statement on the 17th of November 
December when it will be upgraded to a full autumn statement. With diaries adjusted, Rishi headed for the Commons to face Keir Starmer for his first PMQs. It didn't go terribly well, but then again, Starmer is already on his third Prime Minister. The only time he ran in a competitive election, he got trounced by the former Prime Minister, who herself got beaten by a lettuce. (laughs) So why doesn't he put it to the test, let working people have their say and call a general election? Rishi's response sounded like he'd been thumbing through some of Boris's greatest hits. Mr Speaker, he talks about mandates, about votes, about elections. It's a bit rich coming from the person who tried to overturn the biggest democratic vote in our country's history. Mandate is based on a manifesto that we were elected on to remind him an election that we won and they lost. Thursday saw the United Nations release its annual emissions gap report, and let's just say things are not looking great. The yearly assessment, which tracks progress towards limiting global warming to the 1.5 degree Paris Agreement target, found that systemic change in the way we eat, travel and invest is urgently needed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions to safe levels. Speaking after the release of the report, UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres warned that without immediate action, we could be heading for disaster. And the current policy The world is headed for 2.8 degrees of global heating by the end of the century. In other words, we are headed for a global catastrophe. And despite new PM Rishi Sunak having promised to prioritise the environment earlier this week, Downing Street confirmed on Thursday he will not attend next month's COP27 climate summit in Egypt due to domestic commitments. It all comes as energy giant Shell reported global profits of more than £25 billion. But not to worry, Tory party chairman Nadine Zahawi says an expanded windfall tax isn't needed if they reinvest. So that's all right then. The important thing actually is to make sure those companies are investing in gas assets in the North Sea. This year we've seen a 26% increase in our gas output. That's a good thing Mm -hmm. because we're less reliant on Putin's gas. As the battle in southern Ukraine continues around the city of Kherson, Ukrainian Defence Minister Alexei Reznikov says the country now controls all bridges over the river Dnipro. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin continued to suggest Ukraine is preparing a so-called dirty bomb, specifically in the area around the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. NATO Secretary-General Jens Stoltenberg has no patience for these rumours and says the misdirection is an established Russian tactic. Russia now falsely claims... Ukraine is preparing to use a radiological dirty bomb. NATO allies rejects this transparently false allegation. Speaking on Thursday, Russian President Vladimir Putin denied he would conduct a nuclear attack on Ukraine, claiming any veiled threats of atomic warfare were prompted by Western leaders. Let's just say that the West, in recent years, and especially in recent months, has taken a number of steps to aggravate us. Well, in fact, they always play to exacerbate things. This is nothing new. They are inciting war in Ukraine. His claims that nuclear action is not on the table claimed less than 24 hours after he oversaw routine nuclear exercises thought to mimic a retaliatory strike. But the president's statement was echoed by Russian ambassador to the UK, Andrei Kenlin. Russia is not going to use nukes, so it is out of the question. Former Armed Forces Commander Sir Richard Barron says the UK needs to start planning for what happens once the war is over. We need to accept that Russia is going to lose this war with Ukraine, and then Russia will likely 
he'd be very aggrieved, angry, bitter. Still to come on the Smart 7, more legal trouble for Trump and Taylor Swift goes Easter egg hunting. Right after this. Welcome back. The forces of law and order continue to chase down Donald Trump on multiple fronts, with a judge ordering his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to testify in the ongoing election interference case in the state of Georgia. The Don has also been formally subpoenaed to appear before the January 6th committee, but despite issuing a 14-page letter denouncing the committee, it's still not clear whether he will in fact testify. Now, Alina Haber, his lawyer and newly promoted senior advisor, has suggested he might actually turn up. He has no issue being deposed, even though the left-wing media would like to pretend that he does. He has no issue being subpoenaed and answering questions about what happened that day, and, and he should. What he did was very public. Wednesday night saw the stars of Black Panther gather on the red carpet for the world premiere of Wakanda Forever, the second film in Marvel's record-breaking franchise. Speaking ahead of the premiere, leading lady Letitia Wright explained why she thinks the film is so important. Black women are being empowered. Black women are being celebrated for all their beauty, for their intelligence and all that they are. So, November 11th, big things. Several of the cast paid tribute to the late Chadwick Boseman with their outfits, including Letitia, whose suit mirrored the one worn by the former Black Panther at the 2018 Oscars. Meanwhile, actor Lupita Nyong'o said she was relieved to be able to bring her grief for Chadwick into the film. I was like, oh, phew, we don't have to pretend like we are not in grief, you know. We get to use our grief and we get to just add juice to Chadwick's legacy. Taylor Swift's blingy outfits and star-studded cameos caught fans' attention as she released her second music video from Midnight's, her 10th studio album, which has already broken records. The singer wrote and directed the video for Bejeweled, with appearances from actress Laura Dern, the Haynes sisters and Dita Von Tees. And speaking to Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show, she admitted struggling to keep up with the level of surprises for her loyal Swifties. This has maybe the most Easter eggs. A psychotic amount. It is like... We have a PDF file for the Easter eggs in this video. Yes! Because there are so many that that we could not keep track. This has been the Standout 7, the best of the week from the Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. with the Sunday 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced, and published by Daphne.